so good. Hey, before we get started tonight, let's uh, have, the, have the band just stay up here for just a minute. Um, Memorial Day is Monday, and I uh, just wanted to just, just take the time to pray and thank God for the fallen soldiers who have served our country, preserved our liberties uh, here and abroad. And so would you just join me one more time in prayer as we just uh, thank God for the, for the lives of the men and women who served our nation so fearlessly, and uh, even those that we're in a really heavily militarized town, and uh, you know, we... We really, really, every time I see one of those guys, man, I just, uh, you know, I, I shake their head, say, say how much I appreciate them. You know, you don't know how long they're here. And so uh, if you would just join me again for just a short prayer of thankfulness for the men and women who have fallen. Father, in Jesus Christ's name, we come before you and we thank you so much for the, the day that's set aside. For those brave men and women who've laid down their lives. And it touches our hearts, Lord, because we're so close to so many of them every day. We see them at the grocery store in their BDUs and their, and their air uh, wear and their air gear and Air Force gear. And, Lord, we see their service right before our eyes, Father. And so tonight, Lord, we just pause. We thank you. We take a moment. We thank you for the fallen. We thank you for the lives and the blood that was not spilled in vain. May we not take our liberties for granted, Father. But may we always share them with abundance and joy. Lord, and we believe that you're still doing great things, not only in America, but among the nations, Father. And God, I pray for the families and the memories of those who are celebrating their fallen loved ones this weekend. Lord, God, God let us look past the fact that it's a time to, for an off day of work or a picnic in a park or a, gather, a fellowship with friends, which is all good, or a mattress sale, That's you know, whatever. I mean, help us look past that, Father, and see that this was meant for something to memorialize those who have fallen. So God, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We remember today those who have served and sacrificed, whose blood has been spilt. Lord, you said the blood speaks. The blood never stops speaking. And their blood is crying out liberty and freedom for our nation and for so many others who we tend not to hear in the press. But those have served and have come back and have said how much they appreciate the men and women of the United States going and setting the captives free. Thank you, God. Thank you for this great nation, the men and women who serve it today, the men and women who have served it in the past and have gone on, and those certainly, Lord, that we memorialize this weekend who have served with the ultimate sacrifice, laying down their lives for another. There's no greater love than that. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, kiddos, you can be dismissed right over to my right, your left. Go ahead and be dismissed to your classes. And uh, thanks for being here tonight. Uh, this is Memorial Day weekend. And uh, we just want to thank you. And just, if you could, you know, you see a, a soldier this weekend, shake their hand, buy them lunch, buy them a coffee. Uh, just honor them. Let them know how much we appreciate them. I know it's not it's not Veterans Day, so it's it's Memorial Day. And we just, you know, just, just I don't know, thank, you, thank them for, for their service. Thanks, guys. Great job tonight, as always. Um, let's go ahead and get started. I don't have anything to start with. Hey, guys, could you grab that table for me in the computer? It'd be great. Hey, first time here, if you'd love to have you fill out a guest card and grab a tumbler at the visitor center, it'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, welcome. Come on. Awesome. Good to have you here. Good to have you back if you're returning. Uh, thanks, Josh. So we, we just uh, wanted to make a couple quick announcements. By the way, if you're ever know. I don't want to wonder what's going on at Keystone Church. 
You can always jump on our Facebook page and join the Facebook page there. It's just Keystone, my Keystone Church on Facebook. And join that, and you can keep you updated on all the announcements and stuff like that. So just uh, love to have you do that. Uh, Tuesday night was amazing. Our guys got together for the second to the last Books and Brews, and we were just so excited, man. We talked about marriage and family and, and just, uh, just, how, you know, just how that reflects in life and the challenges of marriages and, and being men, and, and it was just amazing. So, guys, we got one more week left before we take a summer break. So come join us on Tuesday night, 6.30 at my house. Uh, we're in Titus chapter 3. It'll be the last chapter. We're wrapping it up for the summer, and uh, from there we'll have some fun stuff uh, rolling throughout the summer uh, all throughout the city, so it'll be a lot of fun. Ladies as well, Thursday, baby, you got more than next week, right? Or a couple more weeks for the girls. Okay, so same thing. Uh, ladies, at Thursday nights at, at 6.30, uh, come join us there, and you guys will just uh, have, I mean, it's just a blessing. These ladies are, are rocking it. God's astounding opinion of you is the book that they're going through. So uh, we'd love to have you at that. Um, cool. Let's just get rolling tonight, because we're talking about unsung heroes. And tonight, real, real quick, a recap is last week we talked about uh, how, how your past does not disqualify you from a great future. You guys remember we talked about Paul and how he was basically a murderer. He was basically a modern-day ISIS targeting Christians, and his, but his past did not disqualify him from making a difference in his future. As long as we're willing and available and in the way, or let, let God use us in those ways that your past does not disqualify you, from your future. The week before that, we talked about David, the guy that got uninvited to the party, right? The forgotten son, his little shepherd kid. And you would think that this guy who, who became one of the heroes of the faith, but at the beginning, he was simply just an average shepherd, just a nobody, youngest of his tribe, youngest of his group. And God still called him, anointed him as king of Israel, and everything changed after David. Tonight, I want to talk about dealing with negative labels in your life. Unsung heroes usually have to deal with some personal issues that they have to overcome. And tonight we're going to talk about a real popular guy. We'll get to him in just a minute. But I want to tell you this. Everyone has labels. From the time we're born, people have put labels on you, haven't they? Oh, she's going to be a heartbreaker. Oh, he's going to break some hearts. And that label begins to associate with your character. Oh, she's... Well, look at you, little, little, whatever. The, the labels that we put on our children, the labels that we put on our friends, the labels that we put on each other, they, we don't realize the impact that those labels have on us for the rest of our lives. Whether you realize it or not, there have been negative things labeled to you that still affect you today. By the way, there's some positive things that you've been labeled that still affect you today. What matters is what God says about you. What matters is what God says about you. Now, we all know this. We all can probably go back in our memory banks as a child and some nickname that some weird uncle gave you, right? Yeah, that guy. You know, I remember my uncle, he would always walk around and he'd say, you know, pull my finger. I'm like, you know, Uncle Mark, come on, man. That's just, I just don't want to do that anymore, right? Uh, but there was this weird, there's this family kind of dynamic that always happens. And there were labels that were put on us as children that we carry around even today. These, these labels affect us. They think that they affect the way we think. They affect the way we talk. They affect the way we, we walk. They affect everything about our lives. The lens that you're looking through life right now is probably through a label that someone had given you as a kid. So if you're a guy and you're like, oh man, you're going to be such a heartbreaker. You know, your goal in life is just to see how many girls you can date. 
If you're a girl and you're like, oh, you're just going to be, you're going to be such a tease. You're going to be such a heartbreaker. You're going to be so beautiful. Your goal in life was probably just to see how many hearts you could break. Are you tracking with, you tracking with me? Or maybe you were always told you're going to be some great athlete or, or maybe you never were, you're told you're always going to be fat or maybe you're always told you're too skinny or you need to bulk up or you need to slim down. Whatever it is, there's a label that was always put on you that still affects you and the way you think today. Here's our guy. Enter Jacob. One of the most recognized labeled men of the Old Testament. His name literally meant supplanter, cheater, swindler, deceiver. Hey, there's a heritage for you. I mean, every time someone said his name, hey, cheater, hey, what's up? I mean, basically, they were going to say, who are you going to cheat today? Who are you trying to swindle today? Who are you going to try and supplant today or overthrow today? Born as a twin of Esau, grabbing his brother's heel on the way out of the womb. Donovan, is Donovan in here? Oh, he's kiddos. So Donovan is our youth pastor, and he's a twin. I don't know if most of you know that or not. I don't, I don't think he grabbed his brother's heel on the way out, but... Uh, Certainly, that's a, that's a story to be recognized with, right? Reckoned with. Here comes your, you know, you, can you imagine? You're giving birth, ladies, and here comes your son, and here's Esau. I mean, not, there's no time in between. And here comes Jacob hanging on to his brother's heel. Woohoo, baby! What a great ride! Yeah! It's a planner. Think about that. Put it into your own life. That when, now, remember, in Israel, in, in this time, when your name was said, it meant whoever you were. That meant your heritage. That meant your destiny. That meant something to everybody. You know, we say Jacob today, and Jacob's a great name today. Jacob's a cool name today. We use it a lot, and it's got great connotations. Back then, it was Jacob loser, deceiver, cheater, swindler, manipulator. I mean, every time someone said his name, that's what he had to deal with. Every time someone say, say, would greet him or tell him goodbye or kiss him goodnight or whatever it was, that would be what he had to reckon with his entire life, that label. Genesis 25:26. After this, his brother came out in his hand, grasping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to, to them. First saw the night. His name was Jacob, and his label was an excuse to keeping him from his destiny. His label was his excuse or his crutch from keeping him from his destiny. Check this out. This is Jacob's legacy in the early years. He tricks his brother out of his birthright in Genesis 25, 31. You guys remember the story, right? Esau's out hunting. He's a hunter. I mean, Esau, by the way, is a man's man. He, he is like, I think he's got red hair because they called him red. Right? He's like, he's like Matt. It's like, Matt, you're Esau. I've just put it all together. Anyway, so he's this mountain man. He's out there hunting. He's got, probably got, you know, he's got the bow and arrow. He's got the spear. He's got the, the bowie knife, man. He's got a shotgun slipped over his, you know, well, I don't think they had shotguns. Probably not. But they had, he had every form of weapon that you needed to go hunt. He comes in from the field. He had a bad day hunting. Doesn't catch anything. And he goes up to his brother Jacob, who's, you know, the cook of the family. All right, you, you tracking with me here? So we got the smooth skin Jacob. And he's got the... And then you got Harry Esau, right? Harry Esau and smooth skin Jacob. All right. So Jacob's in the house. He's cooking. Esau comes in. He's like, dude, I would give anything for a pot of porridge. Now, instantly, remember, Jacob's whole life is through the lens of deception and manipulation. Oh, anything? I mean, imagine living your life that way, that every opportunity you had to take advantage of somebody or to manipulate somebody, that was just your MO. That's what you did. Oh, really? How hungry are you? As you stir in the porridge, you know, stir in the pot stir in the stew. 
How hungry are you? How, what would you give for this? We kind of tease and do that today. Oh, really, how, how bad do you want it? Oh, really, how hungry are you? What would you give me for it? This was literal back then. He made his brother swear that he would give up his birthright for a can of stew. I mean, it's like us going to Dinty Moore and cracking open a can of stew and saying, hey, what would you give me for this? Oh, my birthright. Now, see, this meant something to them. Today is like birthright, smirthright. Who cares? We don't even know what that means. I don't even know how to spell it. But to that was everything to them. That was their heritage. That was their legacy. That was their future. That was their destiny. Esau just says, yeah, man, for a can of soup, you betcha. Hand it over. Swear to me. Yep, you got it. Turns over his whole destiny for a can of stew. How crazy is that? But that's how manipulative Jacob was. You know, we kind of look at Esau and go, what an idiot, what a moron. Who would ever do that? But what we forget is the, the, the skill and the art and the trade and, the, and really the personality that Jacob had as a manipulator. It's all going to change. Then check this out. He tricked his father out of his blessing. So his mom, she's kind of shrewd herself. She's like, hey, dude, if you want the blessing, you've got to go do this with your father. He puts a bunch of hair on. You guys remember the story, right? Goes before his father, says, Father, bless me, and here's the venison I've, cre- I've made for you. Oh, my son, oh, oh, you smell like the outside. Oh, you feel like the outside. Oh, you feel like my son Esau. You know, his father's blind. He can't see nothing. He can't see anything. And so anyway, the, he, he steals the father's blessing from Esau. Now we're going to find out that people with negative labels on their life, you know what they're most looking for a father's blessing people with negative labels on their lives you know what the number one thing they're always looking for a father's blessing jacob would have done anything just to be blessed by the father he would have done anything he did do anything and he cheated his way into getting the father's blessing mark this down if you're looking you're constantly looking for the blessing of a father for the affirmation of a father you've probably got some labels that have been put on your life that you've not yet dealt with. You've got some negative words that have been spoken over your life because you're always looking for the affirmation of a father. You're always looking at any cost to your own demise, you will seek out the father's blessing. The labels we wear shape who we become. Never underestimate the power of a label, good or bad. The labels we wear shape who we become. Think about it. A coach has told you something. A teacher has told you something. Go back in your files. You know what I'm talking about. Even some of you young people. They're they're, they're saying the words right now. Oh, you're such a loser. You're a slacker. You know, you'll never amount to anything. Why don't you shape up? Why don't you be like your older sister? Why don't you be like your older brother? Why don't you be like your younger sister or your younger brother? And we begin to compare. We put these labels on our children. Even sometimes not even knowing what we're doing. Not even knowing what we're saying. Oh, you're so anointed. Oh, I wish you would be more like him. I wish you'd be more like her. I wish you would be more well-behaved. Be careful, my friends. Putting labels, especially if you're in a position of authority, you're in a position of influence, especially as a teacher, a coach. I mean, these kids, they're so impressionable by what you say to them and by the labels that we place upon our children. They carry them for eternity. Here's another thought. Face your label. Face your label. We're continuing on the story of Jacob. But Jacob had to come all the way around and face his brother once again. And he's freaking out. 
fear, trepidation, worry, doubt, all were products of Jacob's label. Genesis 32.7 says that Jacob was filled with anxiety and fear when he had to face his brother. That he was filled with such shame and such trepidation and such fear. But these were byproducts of Jacob's label. You see, he couldn't meet his brother. He couldn't greet his brother as a normal relationship would have been allowed to. He couldn't, have, he couldn't do that because he already knew he manipulated him once. He already knew he manipulated him. He took advantage of him. See, when you do people that way throughout your life, it's hard to go meet them again, isn't it? You know, you look in your past and you say, man, I've done that to people. I've manipulated people. I've taken advantage of people. I've hurt people in my past. I've wounded people. I've, and I've been wounded. And it's hard to go face those people again. But one of the first steps of healing is facing your label. One of the first steps of healing for you is to face your label. What is it tonight? What is it? What, what label's been put on you that you know is negative? You know it's not what God says about you. Face it tonight. Go back and face that label. A couple quick stories. I uh, was a youth pastor for several years in Indiana and, and uh, was under this, this pastor. He's a great tender-hearted man. Um, he, 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 one of the phrases he taught me that still sticks with me today was you never, ever pursue ministry. Pursue people. And ministry is a byproduct of that. I'm like, man, that's pretty good. I spent four years with him, three or four years with him as youth pastor. And one of the things, that, that thing stuck with me. That statement stuck with me. But I would always kind of criticize his, his methodology. I'd always criticize his leadership. I'd always criticize the way he would preach or the way he would wander all over the place. You know, he'd never keep a steady thought. You never knew where he was going. And uh, I wouldn't say it to his face, but I would kind of complain behind the scenes to people. And, and, the, and then I would get with the staff and I would kind of backbite and talk about this pastor behind his back. You see, I was... I was, my own insecurities were coming out through my lack of faith in the leader. And maybe that was a, a label on me, insecure. And I couldn't really come under his leadership all the way because I always thought I could do it better. And I'd say that. This guy can't preach his way out of a paper bag, man. He is just, he's the leader. I mean, he just... So when I faced one of my labels, faced my fear... I faced my inadequacies. One of the first things I did was go back to that pastor. I got on my knees and I wept before him and I asked him for, my, for, for his forgiveness. I said, would you forgive me? And you don't even know this, but I talk about you behind your back. I, I, I said that I was for you to your face, but behind your back, I talk about you and I'd say I could do a better job and, and they ought to just turn his church over to me. And, you know, I'm 33 years old, a little punk. And, you know, I'm like, what are you kidding me? I mean, my God. How, and by the way, God's grace is so good, isn't it? Like, son, I'm just going to keep you from screwing up the rest of your life and about 300 other people, too, on the way, right? So just chill out. I, I, was just, I, just, I just wept before him. I don't think he really knew I was there. And, uh, and finally, he just laid his hands on me, and he blessed me. You see, when you're, when you're facing your labels, you don't have to go manipulate a blessing out of somebody. The blessing comes to you. And a father's blessing is, man, I'm telling you, it shall be done. Jacob... Or Isaac told Jacob, it shall be done. The words I'm about to speak to you shall be done. But one of the things we have to do to get that is face our label. Face it. What have people said about you? Negative. Positive. Not true. What have they said? Check this out, guys. Here's another thought. Stop making deals with God. The story goes on and Jacob prays to God, right? God, you said 
Remember, God, you said that like we would have a descendants that would outshine the stars and sands of the sea. Remember, you said that, right? Okay, I'm just reminding you. And then God, if not for me, Jacob says, check this out, because he's so holy. Look at the women and children. I mean, look at them. They're innocent, God. You wouldn't kill them, would you? I mean, Jacob still, even with God, he's trying to manipulate this, the scenario. He's trying to work out a plan. He's trying to work this thing out where, you know, God, if, okay, God, if you don't remember your word, let me remind you of it. As if we need to remind God of his word. And I know the, the backstory there. Yes, you can remind God of his word. But this was, this was in the character of manipulation and deceit. Jacob's like, well, if not for me, the women and children. Stop manipulating with God. Stop saying, God, if you do this, I'll do this. God, if you'll bless me here, then I'll do this. God, if you'll just do this, then I'll do this. Another quick story. When Teresa and I moved out to Colorado, we had had uh, some of the parameters. We thought we, we, we had just laid our, our lease, if you will, before the Lord. And we said, you know what, God, here's the thing. If, you, if you'll provide Teresa a great job and us a house and the kids a school, but you have to sell our house in Indiana. I mean, what are we going to do? We have to sell this house or we can't move. And a friend of mine said, hey, did, did God call you to Colorado Springs? I said, yes, he did. He said, then what difference does it make if your house sells or not? I said, wow, you're a jerk. <laughs> I said, no, you're right. You're right. He said, set a date and go and trust God. I mean, that's scary, guys. Now, by the way, if you're moving somewhere, it's not a bad thing to wait for your house to sell. I'm just saying, it's just... If that's where you are, your faith walk, cool. Just wait for it to sell. For us, it was God saying, how much do you believe me? How much would you trust me? So I wasn't trying to really manipulate God. I just set these parameters. Okay, number one, we got to get a house out in Colorado. Number two, we got to get a job. Number three, we got to get a school. Number four, or number one, sell the house. Number one, sell the house. God's like, I'm gonna, watch this. I'm going to flip everything upside down, and I'm going to sell your house last. So most of you know the story where it's a midnight hour and literally the U-Haul's packed and got the trailer behind it. And I mean, we're all ready to go. And what, 10.30, 10, 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, we get a call from the realtor. Hey, good news. Just sold your house. I mean, we're like, okay, all right. I don't know how I'm going to pay for two mortgages, but okay, here we go. God doesn't need to be manipulated. But a label that was placed on some of our lives, we like to make deals just like Jacob with God. I mean, come on, we've all done it, right? Hey, if you'll do this, I'll do this. And I'll do this if you do this. And I'll stop sinning if you'll just get me this one last thing, I promise. Or I'll never ask you for anything else if you just do this one last thing. It's almost what Jacob was saying. If you'll just spare my life, I'll never ask you for another thing. Save the women and children. But remember what you said. How about this? Stop manipulating the situation. Okay, God, if you don't come through, I got plan B. Plan B is I'm going to give like a third of my inheritance back to Esau. I got sheep. I got goats. Sheep. I got sheep. I got goats. I got oxen. I got gold. I got silver. I got candles. I got lawn furniture. I mean, barbecue sets. I got cars. I got chariots, horses, mules. Esau, if plan A doesn't work with God, I'm going to bribe you. Why? That's just that's what he knew to do. That was his character. That was his label. Jacob's label affected his entire view of life. And by the way, your labels affect your entire 
view of the Father. Your labels affect your entire view of the Father. Whatever your Father was to you is probably the view of the Father you have. Right or wrong, maybe your dad did the best he could, but that's the vision that you have of God. A totalitarian, a dictator, harsh, cruel, impatient, unkind. Maybe your father was like, oh, if you'll do this, then I'll reward you this. You know, God is not like that. God rewards whether we do right or not. Now, there's a blessing, obviously. We know that. Check this out. You are more than your label. You are more than your label. Genesis 32, 27. The night before he's meeting his brother, Jacob gets in this wrestling match with God. And it's awesome. But he had to face his name. We'll get to that in just a minute. But Jesus asked him, God asked him, Genesis 32, 27, what is your name? In Hebrew, this would have meant, what is your identity? How do you define yourself? Imagine that. Someone says, you know, not what's your name, Josh, but how would you define yourself? I know how other people define you. Can you imagine that question being asked to us by God? How do you define you? What are the adjectives and the, the words that come to mind when some, if the Father were to come to you and say, let me ask you something. How do you define you? What is your take on you? What is your name? I have a weird name. I'm not blaming you, Mom and Dad, if you're listening tonight. I have a weird name, Lonnie, and it's spelled wrong. It's spelled with a Y. So my entire life, I've had to correct people on the spelling of my name. Till some point, you're like, us, oh, forget it. I.E. is just fine. You know, and it's on legal documents, and then you realize, okay, maybe it's not fine. You've got to go back and correct that stuff. But as a kid, I remember kids calling me Lonnie Anderson. Look at, I didn't even know who Lonnie Anderson was. I had no idea. And I'm like, oh, ha, that's cool, you know. You're, you're in fourth grade, you don't know. And hey, Lonnie, Lonnie Anderson, ah. For those of you who don't know, Lonnie Anderson was this blonde woman. Okay, so there's my association as a fourth grader, okay? Oh, great, you're associating me with a blonde woman. Thank you very much. Who, you know, stars on a sitcom that was stupid. Okay, thanks. Lonnie Dyer, pants on fire. Lonnie Liar. Lonnie Liar, ah! You see, all these things I can remember as a kid... It became unspoken to me, but spoken for other people. They begin to put labels on us. And you guys, you had the same stories. What's up, Shorty? What's up, Chubby? What's up, Skinny? What's up, Stick? Slim? Uh, whatever it is. We always, we, we have been taught to label people. This is how we live our lives. We've been taught to label. What is your name? Until, watch this, guys. Until we're willing to admit who we are, we can never become who he wants us to be. Until we are willing to admit who we are, we can never become who He wants us to be. Let me ask you this tonight, my friends. Are you willing to wrestle and be honest with who you are? Who are you? What is your name? And maybe some of us are like, hey, I got this. I'm good. I'm a child of God. Man, I'm loved. I'm sitting in high places. Man, I got seats. I got authority. I got this. I got that. Man, praise God. Praise the Lord. Make sure you heard that from the Lord, right? Make sure it's a, something in your spirit and it's not um, just a mantra that we're, we're spewing out, but that it really is tucked away in there and you really know who you are. 
the encounter that changes everything. Watch this, guys. Are we willing to believe what he says about us more than what others have said about us? Are we willing to say, okay, God, I've got tons of labels, loser, slacker, whatever it is, whatever, you'll never amount to anything, you're second rate, you're poverty, you'll always be in poverty, you'll never have enough. Whatever the label is, and you know what those labels are, are we willing to trust God enough to say, you know what, I believe you more than what the enemy has laid upon my life. I believe you more than the labels that everybody else has said about me. I believe you more than what everybody else has told me who I was supposed to be. I believe you more. The Bible says God called him Israel. He said, no longer will you be called Jacob. What are the labels on you that you no longer wish to be called? Maybe they don't call you that anymore. Nobody calls me Lonnie Anderson anymore. Okay, that's just, they just, they just don't. They just don't. I, is she still alive? She might be. Okay. I don't know. Somebody's Googling it right now. Lonnie Anderson. Okay. Her name was spelled L-O-N-I, just if you want a good reference. All right. That was my defense for years, by the way. My name's not even spelled that way. What are the labels that people place on you that you no longer wish to be called? I just don't want to be recognized like that anymore. I don't want to be known as that anymore. I don't want to be, I don't want to be called that anymore. I wish people just recognized me for who I know I really am. I know I'm more than what people say I am. I know there's something better. There's a bigger destiny inside of me that, this, that the people don't see. And I know it's there. And I, that's what I want to be called by. No longer will you be called Jacob, supplanter, cheater, deceiver. But you'll be called Israel. This is incredible. That one moment in time that changed everything. And Jacob's wrestling with God. And God says, what is your name? Come face to face with the reality of who you are. Because you can never move to your destiny until you realize where you've come from. You can never move into your future until you know what your past is. You, until you reconcile your past, you can never move into your destiny. Who are you? I'm Jacob. I'm a loser, a cheat, a swindler, a manipulator, a deceiver, a supplanter. That's who I am. I mean, can you imagine this conversation? It's Jacob wrestling with God. Come on. What's your name, boy? What's your name? And he says, I will not let you go until you bless me. I will not. All I've ever wanted is the true Father's blessing. People with bad labels, man, that's what they want. They want the Father's blessing, man. They want the Father's heart. I mean, they, that's all we really desire. Man, if I could just get my dad to, to say, I'm proud of you, son. I love you. I'm for you. I'm with you. You might be saying that tonight. Man, if my dad would ever just say, man, I just, I can't tell you how proud of you I am. How happy that God made you my son or my daughter. I can't tell you how awesome you are. I can't tell you the destiny that's packed into your little life. I can't tell you the awesomeness that, that I see in you every single day. I, wow, I wish I could express the amazing person that you are. Imagine how that child's life completely gets transformed Versus, you loser, suck it up. You're never good enough. Oh, second place, nice try. Oh, B, oh, I wish you were an A student. Come on, pick it up. 
All those things affect our kids and the labels we put on them. What is your name? What is your name? Jacob had to face this hard reality of who he was. Look at it. Here's the thing, guys. You don't have any control over it. Jacob had no control over what his mom and daddy called him. He had no control over his namesake. That was given to him. Maybe you're that way tonight. I've never had control over my name. I've never had control over my namesake. I've never had anybody really believe in me. Let me tell you something. You will no longer have to wear that label again. You'll no longer wear that label again. When Jesus comes into your life and you wrestle and you come face to face with God, and I think you should. Matter of fact, I think it's good. I think it's healthy to wrestle with God. I think it's good to ask Him questions. I think it's good to get outside and yell at Him and say, are you there? Come on, let's go. Let's wrestle. I mean, not in an arrogant way, but just this way of, I am hungry to know you. I am hungry for your blessing. I am hungry for your, for your, for your acknowledgement of my life. Wrestle with God. It's not a bad thing. But a nation was born out of a man who was willing to face the labels that were put on his life. What if you and I, what would become of our lives if we were able to face the labels that we have always just succumbed to? We've always said, oh, this is just who I am. You know, I'm, 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 uh, I love this one. You know, I, I'm, uh, I'm Italian, so I'm just going to be loud and, and argumentative. That's just who I am. Right? Or I'm American Indian. I'm just going to be an alcoholic because that's just who I am. That's just my heritage. I, I'm, you know, I'm Serbian, so I, I hate sauerkraut. That's just who I am. Actually, all Serbians really like sauerkraut, but not me. I'm, I'm, I take from the English side. What? Who are you guys? Stop using your label as an excuse to not fulfill your destiny. Stop using the labels that people have put upon you. And begin to believe the best about yourself, about what God says about you. Look, this is some, some self-help seminar. This is the reality of what God says about you. This is the reality and truth of who God says you are. Because one man, guys, listen, it changed the course of a nation. And now we can still hear that today. Israel. 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 The nation wasn't Jacob. The nation was Israel. Check this out. Once God names you, all other names lose their grip. Once God names you, all other names lose their grip. There's something supernatural. Genesis 32:28 says this. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. What is the first thing God tells Jacob who he is. Come on, somebody. He's an overcomer! <laughs> I'm not an underachiever. I'm not a deceiver. I'm not a manipulator. I am an overcomer! What? Are you kidding me? He's an overcomer? You guys feel the weight of that message? I mean, your entire life, You've been known as one thing. Your entire life, you've been known as this one loser, whatever it is. And one moment in time, 
changes your life forever. And the first thing the Father says about you, you're an overcomer. You've overcome both God and man. You're an overcomer. You're not, a, you're not an underminer. You're an overcomer. You're not a manipulator. You're now a blesser. You're not a deceiver. You're now an achiever. Yeah, I'm just making this up. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying like, wrap it on the fly. But you're, I mean, you're none of those things that you used to be. This is who you are now. That one moment, that God, that one moment, that encounter with God transforms everything. When you finally realize, man, I know who I was. I know who I was without Christ. I know who I was without God. I know the labels that have been put on me my entire life that I've struggled with, that I've walked through, and that I'm addicted, that I'm a, I'm a loser, I'm cursed, I'm in poverty, and I can't shake it. One encounter with Jesus changes everything. One moment. One moment changes everything. In our former church, we used to have these things called encounter, encounter weekends. And um, the, one of the things that Teresa came up with was a key for all the ladies. And the ladies would approach the cross. I think it was a Saturday night or something, whatever, whatever it was, Saturday night. They approached the cross. And um, without looking, all the keys had labels on them. And they were face down, so you couldn't see what the label said. And you were just supposed to go up there as a lady and, and go up there and, and just grab your name or grab a key. And uh, the ladies would go up and they would grab a key and then they would turn the key over and they would see their name, what God thought of them, on the other side. And it would be names like beautiful and lover of my soul and, 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 and glorious, warrior, princess. And I tell you what, without a doubt, every woman would turn that key over and go, man, that's exactly what I needed to hear. That's exactly what I needed God to tell me. That's exactly the name I needed my daddy to say that's who you are. And they'd wear that key around their neck and you'd see them on Sunday and they'd wear the key around their neck and there that name was. And like, well, what's, what's that say? Glorious one. I'm a glorious one. You know, there'd be people that were accused of being sluts or whores or, or loose or dated around or divorced four or five times. And now they, they have a key that says redeemed, restored, lover of God. I'll tell you guys, when God renames you, every other name loses its grip. The true blessing, God wants to bless your life more than you can imagine, exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, I believe the Word says. But God knows that as long as you're living under the labels placed on you in the past, you will not be able to receive and use His blessings effectively. Only after you allow God to change your label can you fully experience the blessing and favor of God. By the way, there's no need to manipulate a blessing when you're with the Father. The Father just blesses. There's no need to manipulate anything. There's no need to take control. There's no need to try and figure things out or try to have a plan A and plan B. You just rest in the Father's arms, rest in His goodness, and He will bless you. He wants to bless you. Can you let go? When someone lives out the life, and someone lives in the lie of a false label for so long, it is, it is so difficult to believe the truth about who you really are, isn't it? Hey, I posted this video. Did you guys see that? It's the backwards bike. So every time you turn the bike to the left, the bike goes right. Every time you turn the bike to the right, it would go left. That, that there's so many built-in prejudices in our mind. We've, taught, we've been taught how to ride a bike one way since, I don't know, second grade, first grade, six years old, whatever it was. And you learn that and it gets ingrained in you. And so this 40-year-old man took him two weeks to figure out how to ride the bike backwards. So 
even though his mind kept telling him what he needed to do, his body couldn't respond because of the built-in prejudices that we all carry. Are you tracking with me? But, but they put a five-year-old on it, and it took him about two hours to figure it out. You know why? Because a, a young person's mind is so malleable. It's so ready to be formed, and it's so easy to accept new ideas and new languages and new concepts and new, new ideas and, and new formations of thoughts. And that's why it's so important that as young people, you're accepting and believing the best about what God says about you. Because if you live so long riding a bike, we turn the handlebars right and the bike goes right and turn it left, it goes left, it's really hard to break. It's really hard to set people free that have been in a lie for so long. It's like the Matrix. I always go back to that movie. You know, Matrix, hey, we don't usually set people's minds free after a certain age because it's so hard for them to accept the reality of who they are. God wants to set you free tonight, my friends. He wants, to, he wants to set you free. So here's what's next. Can you let go and wrestle with God? Only then can you come to the place of vulnerability. This is the key word tonight. Be vulnerable. Be vulnerable. Jacob was exposed. Uh, it was the, wrestling, this Roman Greco move would be to hit your opponent's hip and try to get it out of socket. It's an ancient move and they still use it today. And this God finally was wrestling with him. And you can imagine the stance and they were just locked up for hours and hours until daybreak was coming. And finally God uses this, this, this kind of secret weapon, a secret move, and he, he literally has to force his so much pressure against this hip so that it comes out of socket. You know what that, mean, that meant? Is Jacob had exposed his weakness. Because wrestlers don't expose that. They stand like this. They stand like, so you can't get a good hit on their hip. You see the difference? So once Jacob had exposed himself, God was able to knock his hip out. And all of a sudden he's like, whoa. Vulnerability. If you're willing to bring everything to the light, if you're willing to just say, I expose myself, I, I, I make myself vulnerable, I no longer try to hide, I, I just, I open up. Wrestlers never open up. They're always, you watch them. They're guarding one leg, guarding the other leg. Expose yourself. Be vulnerable. Become weak so that he can become strong. Only then can you come to the place of vulnerability. Okay, here's what's next. Let's wrap it up. Number one, the labels we, sh that we wear shape who we become. Write these down if you want. The labels we wear shape who we become. Number two, never underestimate the power of a label. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and whoever eats it, will, whoever loves it, will eat of its fruit. Your words, my friends, have death and life. They have the power, amazing power, to bring death or life. Number three, face your label. Face your label. Get alone with God. Go to the mountains. Get in, get in the woods. Go take a walk on the trail. Face your label. Who am I? Who do people say that I am? Number four, you are more than your label. Number five, until... We are willing to admit who we are. We can never become what He wants us to be. Number six, are you willing to wrestle and be honest with who you are? Are you willing to wrestle and be honest with who you are? It's not easy. I won't tell you that it is. But it's the best way to become everything that God created you to be. Finally, the only truth about who you are is the truth God speaks about you. Come on, somebody. The only truth, the only real truth about who you are is the truth that God speaks about you. Here's the truth. 
The whole reason we read the Bible is to find out who we really are and what God really says about us. This week, here's your challenge, guys. This week, read the Scriptures through the lens of finding your real name. Read the Scriptures in the, in the hopes, in the, in the revelation, and ask the Father, ask the Holy Spirit. He said, you've got no man to need, need to teach you. I'm the Holy Spirit. Let me teach you. Let me lead you into all truth. Read your Bible this week. Read the book of John. Read the book of Psalms. Read the book of 1 Corinthians and Timothy and Titus. And find out what God says about you. I tell you, it'll change the way you read the Word. You won't, you won't be doing it for duty's sake. Man, what does God really think about me? What does God really say about me? What's He say about my destiny and my family? What's He say about my finances? What's He say about my health? What's He say? Listen, we've so long stood in our tents and asked our pastors to go, you go find out what God says about me for me. And then come and tell me. And that's never God's plan. God's plan was always, I want a personal relationship with you. I want you to tell me. And I want you to talk to me. And I want to talk to you. And I want you to crawl up in my lap. Not just your pastor. I'm looking for you. Read your Bible this week. This week, it'll bring new meaning to your time in the Word. Here's some final thoughts. You are more than what people have labeled you. Come on, somebody. You are more than what people have labeled you. Your labels cannot deter you from a great future. You need to find a place to become vulnerable with God. You need to find a place to become vulnerable with God. Turn your cell phones off. Turn your Wi-Fi off. Turn your phone off. I mean, let your you know, people know where you are. Don't be like that guy that ate his leg off or something or broke his arm. Whatever he did, solved it. Anyway, sorry. Uh, don't be that guy. Tell somebody where you're going. Take a walk. Find out who you are. Turn the TV off. Turn the radio off. Turn your phone off. And find out. Get alone with God for crying out loud. And by the way, it's okay to wrestle with God. It's okay. Go wrestle with Him. Go ask Him tough questions. Hey, go ask Him why. He's big enough for whys. Go ask him some good questions, some hard questions. One moment with God can change your entire destiny. Listen, my friends, you can go to church your entire life and never, ever overcome the labels that have put on you. It's not about coming to church. It's about finding out what God says about you. That's the key. And finally, find out the truth of your name. Find out the truth of your name. Let's stand with me tonight. This has been good, guys. Man, I appreciate this series, this whole, I mean, this Unsung Heroes. And we didn't even get into all the stuff that Jacob gets done later. I mean, Israel. Israel. That's his namesake. This is nation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. Don't worry. Well, you'll, just be, you'll be just fine. You're, just, you're going to have your inheritance. And you're going to have your sand and stars. And it's going to be awesome. Don't worry. I got you. You don't have to remind. I'm, I'm all good. I already know what you're going to pray for. Seek first the kingdom of God, His righteousness, and all these things. It'll be added unto you. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for my family and the friends that are here tonight. God, I bless you in Jesus' name, and I bless them. Guys, this week, challenge yourself. Find out what God says about you. Read your Bible and say, man, I, for the first time in my life, I'm going to go through the Scripture, whether it be Psalms or Proverbs or Leviticus, I don't know. Find out what God says about you. That's your challenge this week. Write it down. Tell somebody, God revealed this about me. This is who He says I am. I'm not all these labels. I'm not all these things that people say about me. This is who I am. Father, give us that Holy Spirit's wisdom. Holy Spirit, we rely upon you to teach us and to guide us into all truth. And so tonight, God, we pray that you now crack open the hearts of your people, 
Reveal to them who they are. Lord, that they, who their true identity is. Father, not what some label has put on you. If you would, just put your hands on your hearts and let's just seal this word tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, I know I'm a son. I know you're proud of me. I know you love me, even all my mistakes. You love me. Ladies, you're a daughter. Say, I know I'm a daughter. I know you love me. I know you're for me. I know you're passionately pursuing me. You're the lover of my soul. That's who you are. You're a son. You're a daughter. Jesus said, I've given you a name even better than that. It's called heir. You get to inherit everything that I have. My son Jesus came, died, and rose again so that you wouldn't have to live a subpar life, but you could have life and life to the fullest. That's your destiny, my friends. The best life. The best life. So, Father, tonight we steal your words into our hearts. We pray, God, I know the enemy would love to steal this. We'd walk out those doors and he's going to call us fat and loser and cheater and slut or thief, manipulator, whatever. He will try to deceive us once again and steal what you've planted into our hearts. Don't let him, my friends. Fight him off. Seal this word, Holy Spirit, and guard it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. I love you.